start the entrepreneurship uh, program. Thank you so much for your patience. It's always a technical error. Second time in the hybrid format, so this is fantastic for everybody. Okay. Good evening. Tonight's meeting is the second meeting of the Rent Board Commission to be held in person since Mayor London Breed declared a state of emergency in regards to COVID-19 on February 25th, 2020. I am Executive Director and Board Secretary Christina Barner and Rent Board staff member Diana Flores and I will be managing the WebEx remote meeting function. Some members of the public are attending the meeting in person, and members of the public may also observe the meeting live online at the link listed on the agenda and remote meeting access information. This is a, the second time this commission is streaming its in-person meeting online, and we ask members of the public to be patient. Public comment may provide, be provided by telephone only by dialing colon five, 655-0001, entering access code 2495-620-4710, and then entering the webinar password 7368. The commission will take public comment from members of the public present at the in-person meeting first, and then will take comments from members of the public appearing remotely. As in previous meetings, I want to thank the many people who have worked to make this meeting possible, including the Rent Board Commissioners. Um, outstanding support from Colin Cooley uh, at Media Services and his team at the Department of Technology. Rent Board staff, particularly Amir Amagwari, Kathy Kelton, Elvira James, Lee Hyun, Diana Flores, Lenny Gragason, uh, Eileen O'Neill, and senior ALJs Joey Keepus and Amy Brandon and several other departments board secretaries to continue to provide much needed advice to remote meetings. Thank you. The commission has strongly encouraged interested parties to submit their comments in writing sufficiently prior to this meeting to rentboard at sf.gov.org. For members of the public appearing both in person and remotely, general procedures have not changed. You will have three minutes to provide your comment. If you have an interpreter interpreting your comment, you will have six minutes. If you have requested a reasonable modification based on disability from staff prior to this meeting, your comment will not have a time limit. You are encouraged, but not required, to state your name for the record. If you are calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. Once your time is up, staff will so indicate and will be informed your time is up or your mic will be used. Again, public comment from members of the public appearing in person will be taken first. Once all members of the public appearing in person have had the opportunity to speak, staff will open up public comment for members of the public appearing remotely. Remote public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website at sf.gov slash rentboard in the commission section. The remote meeting instructions have changed slightly, and members of the public who wish to provide remote public comment uh, must enter a webinar numeric password after entering the access code. While you may view the meeting using the link located on the website, the agenda and remote meeting access information, again, remote public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. That number is 415 655-0001 then enter access code 2495-620-4710, press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. 
We'll hear the meeting as you wait on the line. We'll then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. We'll then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When the system says you are being asked to unmute yourself, to unmute, press star six, dial star then six. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You may then give your comment. Withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will come indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaking room as fast as attendee and exchange are You may stay on the line if you wish to speak in another public Please visit the Rentforce website for ongoing updates regarding hybrid Rentforce mission. Thank you. Thank you, Executive Director. Is my mic on? Just yes, your mic is on. Can I leave it where it is? Yes. Uh, so thank you, Executive Director Garner. I'd like to call the meeting to order. The item number B is a reference to the land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that they are seated as for the original inhabitants of the San Francisco As the indigenous peoples of this with their traditions, such as seated, as well as for all as guests, recognize that we benefit from the wish to pay our respects by assessments, elders, and relatives of the Move on item number three, roll call. President Kruger. President Kruger. Here. President Kruger present. Commissioner Kong. Here. Commissioner Kong present. Commissioner Wasserman. Here. Commissioner Wasserman present. Commissioner Klein? Here. Commissioner Klein present. Commissioner Mossbecker? Here. Commissioner Mossbecker present. Commissioner Chan? Here. Commissioner Chan present. Commissioner Swanee? Commissioner Swanee not present. Commissioner Crow? Here. Commissioner Crow present. Commissioner Hung? Commissioner Hung present. Commissioner Haley? Commissioner Haley, not present. Uh, I
would also like to acknowledge that the following staff members are present here this evening. Senior Administrative Law Judge Amy Brandon, Senior Administrative Law Judge myself, Executive Director and Secretary Christina Arner, uh, new Rencor Specialist Jenny Martinez Ladiz, here in the audience uh, observing tonight, and Rencor Specialist Diana Torres is joining us remotely. Thank you. Next, we move on to item number four of March 14th, 2014. Do I have a second? Second. Second. Any additions, subtractions, corrections? All the A motion to approve the minutes of March 14th, 2023. Commissioner Watson? Aye. Commissioner Nelson? President Cooper? Aye. Mossbacher? Commissioner Crow? Aye. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Chan? Aye. And Commissioner Mossbacher. Next, uh, we will go on to item number five, which is March for the public. Be a bit repetitive, so I appreciate everyone's patience. It is now time for the first of two public comment periods. The second uh, comment period will occur after the consideration of appeals. Both public comment periods tonight are for general public comment and for all items listed on the agenda. For all members of the public, whether appearing in person or remotely, general procedures have not changed. You will have three minutes to provide your comments. If you have an interpreter interpreting your comment, you will have six minutes. If you have requested a reasonable modification based on distance between staff prior to this meeting, your comment will not have a time limit. You are encouraged, but not required, to state your name for the record. If you're calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. Once your time is up, staff will still indicate if you will be interrupted, your time is up and your mic will be muted. As stated earlier, public comments from members of the public appearing in person will be taken first. Once all members of the public appearing in person have had the opportunity to speak, staff will open up public comment for members of the public appearing remotely. We will now go ahead and take comments of any members of the public here this evening. Now that all members of the public in the meeting room have been given the opportunity to provide their comments, we will open up public comment opportunities for members of the public attending the meeting this evening. The remote public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rentforce website at sf.gov slash in its mission section. The remote meeting instructions have changed slightly and members of the public who wish to provide remote public comments must enter a webinar numeric password after entering the access code. While you may view the meeting using the links listed on the website, the agenda and meeting access information, public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to give public comment is 415-655-0000. You will then enter access code 2495-620-1710, press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password. 
meeting with the waste management team. Linda, Star, and Pree to enter the public comment queue. Lynn here, you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until you can. Kristen says you are being asked to unmute yourself. To unmute, press star six, dial star, then six. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location. Speakers from TV and other devices around are muted, so there is no echo sound. You may then give your comment. Withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate, and your line will be you moved out of the speaker room back as an attendee in the may stay on the line if you wish to speak during the Brinkhorn staff member Deanna Flores will be operating the phone today. I will be keeping the time. When your time is up, you may hear a timer ringing. The time will be called, and you as the caller will proceed. <coughs> Ms. Flores, do we have any callers raising their hand to be used to provide public comment? Not at this time. There are no, there are no call-ins uh, raising their hands. Thank you. Pardon the buzzing. So members of the public appearing remotely, if you wish to provide public comment, now is the time for the first of two public comment call-in periods this evening. You would need to dial in on the phone to 415 655 0001. Ms. are there any members of the public in the queue uh, wishing to provide comment at this time? There are no call in at this time. So it looks like one member of the public was attempting to uh, raise their hand in the queue. Uh, so any members of the public wishing to provide comment remotely would need to dial in on the phone to 415-655-0001. And then you would enter access code 2495-620-4710, press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. We'll then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. And you will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait until open. Then you will dial star and six. I do realize it is a lot of steps Patient attempting to provide comment this evening. Ms. Flores, are there any members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment at this time? There are no members of the public calling in at this time. Thank you. We'll give it just another moment. And again, this is the first of two public comment call-in opportunities this evening. So if members of the public would like to dial in and provide comment, there will be another opportunity after the consideration of appeals.
Uh, members of the public, if you would like to provide public comment, again, this is the first of two opportunities. We're gonna go ahead and close uh, public comment now because no one is raising their hand wishing to speak. Uh, if you would like to provide comment uh, after the consideration of this piece, you may do so by dialing in on the phone. Again, that phone number is 415-655-0001. And then you will enter access code 2495-620-4710 press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368, and press pound again. You can hear the meeting as you wait on the line. We'll dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. When the system asks you to unmute yourself, you will then dial star Have any uh, members of the public uh, joined or really raised their hand to provide comment? There are no members of the public calling in at this time. Thank you. So at this time, we'll go ahead and close the first of two public comment opportunities uh, this evening. Thank you so much. Motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecher? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. And Commissioner Thompson Colton. The hearing officer's decision stands. Go to item number B, 1048 Larkin Street.
discussion call for the vote a motion to deny the appeal commissioner wasserman aye president gruber aye commissioner mossbrucker aye commissioner chan aye and commissioner Hunt. Item D, 1048 Larkin Street. Item C, 984 Hampshire Street. Tenant petition alleging a decrease in housing services. The landlord is found liable for rent deduction in the amount of $21,904. Denial of the tenant's request for permission to place the party. On appeal, the landlord argues that the monthly rent deduction is limited to a year. Tenant is only permitted to have one roommate. Move to deny. Second. Discussion. Call for the vote. A motion to deny the appeal. Commissioner Mossbrucker? Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. And Commissioner Hong? Aye. Item C-984, hearing officer's decision. Item D-255, 11th Avenue, tenant petition alleging decreased housing services Part, the landlord was found liable for rent reduction to the amount of $3,860 for inadequate heat and the loss of a dryer. On appeal, the tenants contend in part that the ALJ's evaluation of their inadequate heat claim conviction is arbitrary. Because I represent property management company and decide well I have no participation participatory role in this matter as well. Valuation kind of less complicated. 
I do have to say, I thought that the percentage allowed for the one and a half months where the tenants were completely without heat was fairly low. Um, if given the amount of the rent that they were paying and the fact that they had no heat in their entire apartment for that one and a half month period, um, it just seemed like trying to, I didn't highlight it, but the percentage that was allowed for that time period seemed relatively low in terms of our in terms of past decisions that we've seen. Most importantly is what is the response of the landlord? I found a very consistent uh, response uh, for every component of it. Make, make the system working properly. I'll make a motion to deny. Motion to deny the appeal. President Gruber? Aye. Commissioner Klein? Aye. Commissioner Mossbrecher? No. Commissioner Chan? No. And Commissioner Kong? For item D 255 11th Avenue, hearing officers. Next, we move on to item number five, remarks from the public. This will be the second last time that we have the uh, Executive Director. Thank you, President. Your second uh, remarks from the public. Thank you so much. Thanks everyone for your patience uh, this hybrid format. It is now time for the second of two public comment periods. Both public comment periods tonight are for general public comment and for all items listed on the agenda. For all members of the public, whether appearing in person or remotely, general procedures have not changed. You will have three minutes to provide your comment. If you have an interpreter interpreting your comment, you will have six minutes. If you have requested a reasonable modification based on disability from staff prior to this meeting, your comment will not have a time limit. You are encouraged, but not required, to state your name for the record. If you are calling to speak regarding an item on the agenda, please state which item you are speaking about. Please note that anything you say during public comment cannot be used as evidence in regards to the item on which you are speaking. Once your time is up, staff will so indicate and you will be informed your time is up or your mic will be muted. As stated earlier, public comment from members of the public appearing in person will be taken first. Once all members of the public appearing in person have had the opportunity to speak, staff will open up public comment for members of the public appearing remotely. We will now go ahead and take comment from any members of the public here in the meeting room. And the member of the public that is in the meeting room is not wishing to speak at this time. Thank you so much. 
so now that all members of the public in the meeting room have been given the opportunity to provide their comment, we will open up public comment opportunities for members of the public attending the meeting remotely. The remote public comment call-in instructions are posted with the agenda located on the Rent Board's website at sf.gov slash rentboard in the commission section. The remote meeting instructions have changed slightly and members of the public who wish to provide remote public comment must enter a webinar numeric password after entering the access code. While you may view the meeting using the link located on the website, the agenda and remote meeting access information, remote public comment may only be given by dialing in on the phone. The phone number to call into the meeting to provide public comment is 415-655-0001. We'll then enter access code 2495-620-4710, press pound, and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. When the system says you are being asked to unmute yourself, to unmute, press star six, dial star, then six. Please make sure that you are in a quiet location and that all computers, phones, TVs, and other devices around you are muted so there is no echo sound while you speak. You may then give your comment. To withdraw your question, dial star and three again, and you will hear you have lowered your hand. When your three minutes are up, staff will so indicate and your line will be muted. You will be moved out of the speaker line and back as an attendee in the meeting unless you disconnect. Uh, Rent board staff member Diana Flores is again operating the phone system today, and I will be keeping time. When your time is up, you should hear a timer ringing. Time will be called and you as the caller will be muted. Uh, Ms. Flores, do we have any callers raising their hands in the queue wishing to provide com public comment at this time? Yes, we have two callers in the queue. Great, thank you so much. Uh, and again, just a reminder uh, for callers, you must dial in if you're wishing to provide public comment. Uh, Ms. Flores, can you please allow the first caller? Caller, you have three minutes. The request has been sent to the caller. Thank you. Caller, you will need to dial star and six to unmute your line. Ms. Flores, is there another member of the caller in the queue wishing to provide comment? Yes, we can move to the other member in the public. Great, please please move to the next member of the public and then we can return to the other member of the public if they were having technical difficulties.
good evening, commissioners and, and member board staff. This is Brad Hearn at Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco. I'm calling in regards to item uh, 9B, the proposed amendments to, to the right to organize legislation. Um, I'm calling uh, to encourage the, the board to hold off on a calling any calling a public hearing on proposed amendments. Um, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the non attorney tenant representative for most, if not all of the, the pending cases. Um, and only recently were they starting to get scheduled. So um, uh, all of the cases are that I am preparing for are occurring in, in May. Um, and so ALJs and member staff haven't had a chance to even talk through issues that are being brought forward in the cases. So it feels preemptive um, unnecessarily to, to draft rules and regs before even one case has gone to arbitration. So um, I would just encourage the, the board to consider that um, instead of attempting to rely on anecdotes or other, or, 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 or reports from from uh, from other from other sources rather than relying on the, the, the practice of of hearing what's happening at actual arbitrations and then and then seeing where rules and regs may may help so um, thank you for your time and uh, look forward to the item thank you caller Ms. Flores, are there additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? Yes, we have two more members in the queue. Can you please uh, allow the next caller? Hello, I think, I, can I be heard? Yes, Paula, you have three minutes. <laughs> wow. Well, hello. Um, my name's Polly Marshall. I know most of you. Um, I have been here since the beginning of the meeting, but um, it's a little rough going through all of the. Um, I have some thoughts about maybe you want to switch to have the either the planning commission or the board of supervisors does it um, because this was. Um, Frustrating, but at any rate, I'm glad to be here. Um, I'm also here to address the proposed amendments um, to the regs section 1010 about um, meet and confer. Um, and I also would like to urge the board to wait to hear a few cases before considering whether rules need to be adopted to implement this um, new part of the ordinance. Uh, and if they do need what what the issues are to put in them, and I'll just say that I I was approached some months ago asking if I could help people draft some some proposed rules on this uh, meet and confer issue, and I said, well, what are the issues? <laughs> and they said we don't know yet because there's no hearings, um, and then. I was approached a little while ago saying, will you review this draft that has come up that's been introduced by one of the commissioners? And I had the same question, you know, surely there have been some hearings now and so we know what the issues are, um, but there have not been any. Um, 
my view of rules are that they're to provide guidance to fill in details um, from the ordinance, and they obviously can't contradict the ordinance. Um, but I don't think we know what what guidance, what details need to be filled in um, until we've heard some cases. So I just urge you not to jump the gun. Um, you know, I, I don't feel like I can prepare any comments on the draft without knowing really how this is playing out on the ground. So thank you for listening to me. And um, I missed you guys. Thank you, caller. Ms. Flores, are there uh, additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? There are no call-in members uh, in the queue right now. Thank you. We'll give it a moment. It appears there may be one member of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment. Uh, if any attendees, if you would like to provide comment, please do dial in on the phone. Uh, the phone number to dial in is 415-655-0001. Once you dial in, you will enter access code 2495-620-4750. Press pound and then enter the webinar numeric password 7368 and press pound again. You will hear the meeting as you wait on the line. You will then dial star and three uh, to enter the public comment queue. You will then hear you have raised your hand to ask a question. Please wait to speak until the host calls on you. And when the system <coughs> alerts you and says you're being asked to unmute yourself to unmute, press star six. Dial star and then six. Ms. Flores, are there additional members of the queue? Uh, sorry, members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? Yes, we have one more caller. Thank you so much. Will you please allow the caller? Hello, can I be heard? Is it my turn? Yes, you're audible. Please go ahead. We'll have three minutes. Thanks. Thank you very much. So my name is Robin and I filed this petition. Um, and over the past 16 months, um, my life has been so severely impacted um, by the actions of the master tenants that I've extensively detailed in every bit of free time that I've had because it is that significant to me. Um, their course of conduct over the past four years and the way that my tendencies have net substantially changed for the worse in every aspect. And I briefly heard a quick rundown of what was mentioned around my case. I didn't hear any details discussed, but I submitted substantial evidence and the opposing parties did not provide anything and simply stated on testimony during the hearing with nothing to back it up. And almost all of their claims were refuted by the detailed, literally mounds of evidence that I had against them. 
And so the fact that the appeal isn't even being considered to me, I view as a failure of the system that is supposed to protect people like me. I'm no longer the same person that I was before I began dealing with this situation in my rental housing. I spent over $100,000 to live in this apartment over the past seven years, and the last two years have been completely unlivable. I have somebody, the master tenant, who's living in the living room 18 hours a day next to me at all times, and I hear every noise that he makes. And he stated in his testimony, both master tenants, that he works nine to six, four days a week. That is false. He spends weeks at a time without leaving the apartment. And they have illegally accepted, willingly and knowingly taken over $30,000 in rent that they weren't entitled to from me, which is equal to a year's income of mine that I gave to them to live in this apartment and to find myself in year seven to be in a completely uninhabitable situation. And I literally have PTSD from this, from working for a year for free. And I'm in no longer in a position to even maintain stable employment after losing my job of 11 years that I had when I moved in here. Because I'm so impacted by the effects of living in this environment. I'm constantly being harassed. I just filed a restraining order. I have the master tenant on video shoving me. And this happened less than two weeks ago. So it just keeps getting worse. And the fact that my appeal wasn't granted more consideration and was brushed you, off caller. in less than 30 seconds. Thank you, caller. Ms. Protis, do we have any additional members of the public in the queue wishing to provide comment? No, not at this time. So at this time, it appears that uh, no additional members of the public have joined the queue um, in the last several minutes. Is that correct, Ms. Protis? That's correct. Thank you. So at this time, we will go ahead and uh, close public comment. Uh, and again, this is the last public comment opportunity this evening. Thank you, Ms. Flores, for all your assistance. Ready to move on to item seven communications. Yes, thank you, President Gruber. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> Good evening, commissioners, uh, Executive Director Christina Barner. So you should have received articles from staff um, from the San Francisco Chronicle, the San Francisco Examiner, KQED, SFS, and Mission Local. Um, you will also find the workload statistics for February 2023. Uh, as well, per commissioner's request at the last meeting, um, uh, proposed draft rules and regulations section 1010 submitted originally by Commissioner Wasserman uh, was in your packets, as well as a copy of admin code chapter 49A, 
and a copy of a letter from Supervisor Connie Chan's office regarding the proposed draft rules and regs section 1010. And that is all for communications. Thank you. We move on to item eight, director's reports. Thank you so much. Good evening, commissioners. This is Executive Director Christina Varner again. Uh, thank you so much for your patience as we are meeting in person for the second time uh, in uh, almost three years. Um, just quickly, don't need to repeat a lot of what I've been repeating for many months. Um, operations continue as normal at the rent board. Um, department is deep in the throes of hiring and recruitment um, and our move project. So uh, just in regards to outreach and Commissioner Sani is uh, not present this evening, but at the last meeting, Commissioner Sani had commented regarding potential uh, outreach around four rent board services as staff had been conducting quite a bit of outreach regarding uh, the inventory and staff had also identified a need at the same time um, to return to some foundational trainings with key traditional rent board partners. So um, in regards to outreach at the moment, the department is planning to prepare for and participate uh, in uh, the SF Apartment Association's Landlord Expo coming up in a few weeks. And once that event is complete, the department will begin to conduct new outreach um, for rent board activities and material. Um, as well, uh, just a reminder about the rent board fee, uh, timely rent board fee payments were due March 1st and payment now incurs a 10% penalty um, and then it will occur a 15% penalty in May. Owners can pay the rent board fee uh, on the rent board portal online at portal.sfrb.org or by mailing a check into the rent board's PO box or walking a check or cash payment into the treasurer and tax collector's office during business hours. And if owners have questions, they can contact 311. Please. What I get from a lot of folks. Uh, yes. What do they do? And I saw the pay the fee has been tested when they get a bill, for example, for commercial space. Mm -hmm. That's never not used residentially, but nonetheless, they get the bill. I say, well, pay it status, but they say they try to call or what, what's the best advice that I um, want? Yeah, that's a great question. One of two ways. So owners can call 311 and request that the matter be escalated to the rent board. So those are things that staff work on daily and there's a whole workflow to, to work on escalation. So that will come to staff and staff will work through that and will work in the system to change that um, and then we'll be able to exempt them. Um, you know, if owners, you know, obviously we can't advise owners to not pay and then potentially they did owe the fee and, and then they're in delinquency status and, you know, encourage that, but should be pretty clear that, you know, they'll need to be issued a refund um if uh they do end up paying because status they can also email the rent boards um uh, an inventory email account um and that is worked daily um so be real specific with their apn and address of the property and what the exact issue is and those are things that staff the bottom line is though staff is illegal is billing 
sessions filmed absolutely every day every day i did attend one of the um staff trainings on the new portal and it was led by jennifer west and cassie and i believe the captain was here tonight and it was really informative they explained things really clearly so that you know even if you had no idea about the portal i really was impressed with the presentation uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to me if you have questions. Absolutely. Um, are there any questions or comments about um, changing changing topics slightly? So, in regards to legislation, on March seventh, um, I think. Did, uh, let's see. This is one we already discussed. Regarding Board of Supervisors file 230260. I think we already discussed that, right? Last meeting. Judge Kumas. About the extension. Yes. We did discuss it, but there's been some activity since then. So, yeah, so this uh, Board of Supervisors file 230260 was passed on second reading by the board on April the 4th and is currently awaiting the mayor's signature. And this is the ordinance amending the admin code to extend by 60 days restrictions on evicting or imposing late fees on residential tenants who could not pay rent that came due during COVID-19. And that's all for legislation today. Uh, I wanted to thank all of you who timely filed your form 700. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it and completed the required um, ethics and sunshine training. Um, we are actually getting new this year. We're getting new reminders from staff at ethics. So um, a little bit more noise about that. But uh, we want everyone to be able to vote at the meeting. So thank you so much for completing that on time. Um, finally, uh, very good news. I want to introduce um, Yeni Martinez-Solis, who is in the audience today. Um, Yeni is a new rent board specialist, uh, colloquially known as a counselor in our the rent board's public information unit. Um, we are thrilled to have Yeni at the department. She formerly worked for Catholic Charities in their housing program and is a fluent Spanish speaker. Um, and Yeni comes from our community here in San Francisco and has really great experience with our client populations. So. Please welcome Yeni. Um, and just so you know, we haven't uh, talked in detail about positions recently. We did talk a little bit during budget time, but one of our public information unit staff uh, transitioned to a legal assistant position. So all three of our legal assistant positions are now filled. Um, and so a position opened up in our public information unit. So we're very fortunate to have these positions filled to have Yeni join us. So. Thank you so much, Annie, for <laughs> welcome. We're very happy. Um, and that's the director's report. Have any questions? Nine. Item nine, old inputs. Business. So um, go with item A first, and it's uh it sort of morphed a little bit into um, uh, what this item is. So 
we've talked about we're now attending in person meetings. There are now hybrid meetings. We're going to continue to distribute meeting material digitally and on paper. That's just going to go. We're just going to continue with that from now on. We don't need to discuss that anymore. Um, and please do continue to provide constructive feedback about meetings and such. And we're trying to make improvements as we go along and learn a lot um, about what we need to do, um, particularly in this room. So, one thing you had asked to um, for staff to bring back to you is whether you could impose time limits um, on. So, filings are becoming an issue with the digital distribution of meeting materials and the public filing, uh, particularly during the course of the pandemic, it has grown exponentially. Public filing coming in um, via the referee email account. Um, so, we have gotten a bit of advice. Um, from our deputy city attorney, which was requested by commissioners. And there is not a legal obstacle to imposing time limits um, on, uh, and yes, when, when any party can respond or submit um, uh, any kind of meeting material, any kind of correspondence recommendation was that it be specifically um, outlined um, that a rank be created and that it's very specific like 48, 72 or 96 hours in advance meetings. However, the practical considerations are there are quite a bit of practical considerations. Whether Deny somebody's consideration of, you know, that you won't consider the document that was submitted, um, let's say on Friday or Monday before the meeting, um, where you potentially have to have uh, more detailed information in the reg about whether that was a filer had good cause for late filing, and then there would have to be a procedure um, enacted for that. And today, for example, sort of putting this in practical terms, uh, there were no late filings, and it was very pleasant, very easy to deal with. Staff, we as staff are all very happy, we were chatting about it, um, and, but there are times when things come in and, um, you know, it would be very, very difficult for staff to make a determination, um, you know, whether, there was good cause for late filing and how that would work. Um, and I think, you know, Commissioner, I'm sorry, pardon me, uh, Senior LJ Thomas could speak to that further about how complicated practically it could be um, enacting this type of reg. There are other um, policy bodies, other commissions that do have filing requirements like this. They are extremely detailed and, um, you know, Take, take quite a bit of thought in putting together. I, I, it's, I'll, I'll leave it at that, but that's sort of what we got. It's not a legal obstacle to doing it, but the practical, you know, implementation of it is, is very complicated. <laughs> so, it's, you know, up, up to the commissioners, it's your wish if you would like to now. I'll just add, it's possible that cure may be worse than the problem. 
just thinking about assuming we're going to have a good cause exception to this deadline. Who's going to decide if there's good cause? Is it you all? If so, are you going to decide that at the board meeting and then wait to read something until you've made that vote? Put it off to the next month? If it's staff, if we get something at the last minute, are we going to give the other side to object? Is uh, the staff member going to have to make phone calls like we do when we get a postponement request to get more information? Are we going to have staff available to make that good cause determination? Really, I understand it's frustrating to get something last minute, but you know, then let's say you've excluded a piece of evidence. Have you been given, you know, something for that party to raise on writ that, but for <laughs> the exclusion of that one document, would have changed the course of that case? So, I think it can be done, and it sounds like we've been given, you know, legal advice that. Uh, we could enact a reg to create such a deadline, but we'd want to have some sort of good cause exception and you'd have to give us really, you know, we'd have to kind of figure out who's going to make those determinations. And I think you'll have to decide if it's, if it's worth it to me. I think. Now, historically, it's not an exception for the internet. Though. We used to do some things that would come late, but I guess at that time, Slow mode. So kind of arriving in writing and and it's existing. Now that we have a different type of uh, exposure, push the button. Send it in right before the not that gap in Processes that we have to deal with. I'd like to see for protection of the people that are still, that we do have. Not a way that we have to raise the same prayer. I'm going to go to specifics. I don't understand that. But then, that you know, then have up to a certain time. And after that, taking a little risk of nothing else. There's a kind of a I mean, informally, perhaps staff could be a little bit more diligent, perhaps, about warning the public. You know, we could put notice on the appeal form itself, everywhere that we could find that, uh, and, you know, encouraging folks to submit all of their documents as soon as possible. No later than seven or ten days before our meeting, we could try that out and see if we can make some uh, a difference. We now have email addresses, but I don't know if someone's appeal is going to be heard, and, and, and they're given the same uh, time. Give some type of information that would like to give you the additional. That a, what are you what are you proposing no, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm kind of searching for a way to, to have a, a simple process for people by um, that uh, you have a hearing date and that hearing date uh, um, you know, maybe information has 
has been submitted in kind of the hours and morning sort of days before the actual. We, we can certainly, I mean, like Senior ALJ Kubis was saying, we can certainly provide things on, I mean, we need, we, we need to um, amend the appeal to the board form anyway. So, and this is something totally on our radar, um, would, you know, outline this new set of instructions there. And I, I think what the issue is, is what the deputy city attorney has, you know, advised that, however, though, and but, if you enact a reg strictly, right, saying that there is a time limit, that there also has to be a series of very specific steps taken to allow for good cause for late filing, right? And so the, the you know, the cost benefit analysis there, I mean, it, it may be, it may be so, it may be extremely burdensome for yourselves, for staff, for everybody to have to go through that process for every single piece of paper that comes in after, you know, those 72 hour deadline or whatever it is. Um, it's not, you know, it's not impossible, but it, it, it is, it would be very difficult for everybody involved. So, well, yeah, so, yeah. it's my sketch, I guess, that's one. Yeah, so maybe this is a fun word for the red one. Uh, you raise a great point in that uh, it would be very burdensome to go down this route. And you also said that you're amending the appeals form because you have to, because uh, different changes that we have had, right? Yeah. So why don't we circulate a copy of, of that proposed amended uh, appeals form? Maybe we could put some language in there that says, it is strongly suggested that you uh, submit uh, all the paperwork or whatever it is you're going to submit, you know, 72 hours, but just do it that way. Yeah, no, the formality of adopting a red. We won't go to that level where we're saying we're not going to consider it if it's not filed at this time, but we'll put in suggested, you know, suggestion in the language of the book form. I think that might, then we'll give it a shot. That could solve our problem. And yeah. we, we say that after the 72 hour mark, we're going to only accept supplemental documents in person or something so that they aren't hitting the button on the department has to accept everything that comes in, right? We can't yeah. prevent it filing the, you know, the, the email account that's responded to throughout each day, every day. Um, I agree with Commissioner Wasserman. I think we should put some language in, try it out, and see if it cuts down on the problem. Yeah. And if it's still too much of a problem, then I say we're getting some great self So, and likewise, I mean, we can, uh, update language on the website and, um, you know, discuss the rollout, you know, new language with staff. I mean, I can speak from personal experience having talked with appellants or prospective appellants, you know, you tell them, like, just FYI, like, you really want to submit that. Less is more, number one, if you're submitting something with the commissioner. And, it, I mean, it, it's not magic, like humans cannot, uh, you know, a, a document like this when you submit it the day before. So it's just like a practical item of how considering 
these. So it's, it's also, you know, a staff training and additional. So there's a number of things we can do to sort of have that. Uh, but yeah, we can put together a draft and send it. I might be in authority too, but rather than doing written documents rather than enforcing these, because everyone can always come to the to meeting and talk more similar more verbal content, rather I'm okay with it. Rather than forcing everyone to come to the meeting call in to comment rather than the media I'm not totally against deadlines. I think having it like a 72 hour deadline and, and forcing submitting, submitting documents 72 hours and not letting somebody try to respond after that 72 hour deadline. That's my concern with having that. Yeah, but I'm minor in print. But I agree having the questions like sharing the draft and just taking a look at them. So getting together on Next. That was business item A. Old business item B is proposed amendments to rules and regulations, section 1010 regarding tenant right to organize legislation. I'd like, sorry. Yeah. I'd like to, I guess, make a motion to move this to public comment. Um, I understand that people are saying that we haven't submitted it yet, but we need to ask them. They're asking tenant organizations as well. And the issue is right for us to interpret what this means in the context of the I think it's good that the hearings at the REM board haven't happened. We decided before, before we're asking these hearing officers to start making decisions. Um, our job is to help provide regulations. I'd like to make that motion and, and move this to public comment. I'd like to hear what I, I will second that. I would strongly object. First of all, this draft is poorly drafted and it goes well beyond the language of the ordinance. Second of all, generally, courts, rules, and regs should have been reviewed by staff, had some suggestions. Staff didn't know. I asked staff to come up with rules and regulations, and ALJ Thomas said he didn't know what he would have thought at this point, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. And we have hearings coming up at the end of May. Why not take that opportunity, hear out, see what the ALJs find, rather than enact something now, and then have staff come back to us two months later and say, these aren't issues, this is the problems, and these are where we need rules and regs. Let's give it a chance. 
Um, if you want me to go into detail about all of my objections to these, this draft, I will. But just to point out a few things, first of all, where there's a definition of tenant in this draft, um, it defines tenant in a way that's completely contrary to section 49, because section 49 represent, re references the definition of tenant as it is in our ordinance at 372T. Uh, and this definition is much more restrictive. We can't be more, we can't just take and, and imply, impose extra requirements to this. I mean, that goes well beyond what's allowed in terms of our, our powers. We are not allowed to make rules and regulations that are contrary to the very language of the ordinance. Likewise, the reference to the police code is a misreference because the police code by its own terms applies only to signs outside of the building on the outside of the building and prohibits postings on the outside of the building. And this language indicates that you would apply those same standards to situations inside the building. So, I mean, as I said, I can go through line by line and say why I think this draft really goes against the that's in the ordinance and goes against the legislative intent behind the ordinance. And I think that was laid out pretty well by Connie Chan's brief letter, which she wrote back in February in response to a draft of the rules and regs. I don't understand what the emergency is, and I really think this should wait. I would comment on that, though. Thankfully, the vast majority of disputes or issues don't come for the rent board. They don't have hearings. People see the law, they you know conform their conduct to the law, and our industry from our side operates in accordance with the law. But like I said, the vast majority of these issues never coming to the rent board. So to say, well, we need to have three or four or five Red board matters with appeals before we can sit down and really work through these regs, I think really misses the big picture here. This has been on the books now for quite a while. It's certainly not ready for prime time, given the fact that each and every uh, limitation of who tenants should be, who's allowed to come to the meeting, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to put this by this, but I remind uh, the board that the law specifically says that tenants shall have the meeting set forth in administrative quote codes, the 37.2. 37.2 is very, very clear. A person entitled by written or oral agreement, subtenancy approved by the landlord or by sufferance to occupy a residential dwelling unit is each of the others. Therefore, all of these limitations that are being proposed in, the, in this part of the ordinance, restricting tenants' abilities to be able to be involved in this process, are contrary to the rent ordinance. We cannot, because uh, as, as uh, Mr. Mossbrecher uh, mentioned, we, there, are, there are decisions, and I'm sure most of you are aware of, Fox B. Rent Board, and our Danica's speed red board, we get to fill up the details 
we're acting in contrary to the statute by limiting the tenant's participation. And that's just one of the things. There are more. And again, you know, if, if, if we need to make a list of them, we can. But this is just contrary to the, to the rent ordinance as it's written. Uh, our supervisor, Chan, had some very good points. Well, she didn't bring up necessarily the, the, the legal issues. Her, her comments about these limitations of the tenants are really all based on the same legal issue. In other words, it's just not conforming to the ordinance as it's written. We don't get to rewrite. Question, this was proposed back, as you noted, in February. Why hasn't, why hasn't- I have made this point. I made this point at the last meeting. I made the point by, in March, by, in or February and March, by saying I couldn't come up with a draft because I couldn't, didn't know what the problems were. Um, and, you know, this was our time to discuss it. We didn't really discuss it in depth last month because Commissioner Klein was absent. And I agreed that wasn't fair to, to do so, you know, but it's, it's been out there, it's been laying fallow. And so now's the time to discuss it. And I don't think it's appropriate to send this out for public hearing. It's riddable, basically. So, so you're, I mean, again, and I was under the impression that if there were issues that were going to get red lines or a, a competing draft or something. And I, I don't think it's time for red lines or a competing draft. Well, I understand that because the, the argument tonight is we haven't had a hearing, therefore there's no fault. But I mean, obviously, that's not true of substantial decrease in the past, right? Generally, the decrease happens before the hearing. So I don't actually think that because we haven't had hearings on this, which they're coming, um, there aren't any issues, right? There are issues. There's uh, vandalism with the way things have been posted. Uh, the idea I had was to use the police code, which is how we govern, how we put things on people's houses, right? right? I'm open to other suggestions or other standards for how we aren't taking things in a vandalistic way to doors. I, I thought we would all agree on that because because how we operate during elections. That's most everybody agrees on that, right? Like you don't take things to people's doors to use rubber. You don't use door hands. I mean we all kind of operate that way. Kind of no matter what you look like. But so Again, I didn't see that as, I thought that was kind of a neutral way to address it, not, not in any way. So in the way it's written, subsection D yeah. um, says no rent increase is requested in a direct tenant petition under planning code shall be allowed if one or more of the tenants following is found. Right. Um, so we set up all these things and like, Commissioner Crow pointed out subsection B is contrary to subsections A and B are contrary to the definition in section 47A2. Um, Commissioner Chan or Supervisor Chan made an appoint, 
the point of regarding number C that this could lead to intimidation. And sub part two, the tenant association fails to provide the landlord upon the landlord's written request the formation of petition verification and information describes above. So that's upon request. Well, the ordinance says that the certification only has to happen every three years. So if, if the landlord asks within the three year period, then we have an invalid tenant association or they can't get a decrease. That again is in contrary to the ordinance. The tenants association officers are not occupants of the building. Well, I don't have a problem with that, but I think the word tenants of the building. The claim for reduction is based on an allegation of well, I mean, what I'm saying is the whole thing is contrary to the ordinance. It's so, not really. I would want to strike all of it. Absolutely. There lies the ordinance well, also also has a definition for good faith and uh, although meeting confers a bit there, who cares? This isn't a compromise. This isn't a, a, a neutral set of rules and regs. This is a chance, an opportunity to try to limit the formation of, of tenant organizations. It's restriction on in subsection 4A that restricting permissible hours from nine to only nine to seven. That means that if anyone who works or has to pick their kids up from childcare can't participate. Um, but here's the problem. Okay, so I hear you. You think that that's the goal. The issue is that people are going around banging on 7 p.m. and waking up kids. And that's becoming problematic in these buildings. I mean, we don't know that that's happening. And we will find out once there are a couple of hearings on that happening in these issues. And then maybe we can make some informed decisions about this with those kinds of things in mind. We'll find out when there's public comment and people tell us what's going on. The hearings are decreased service by tenants claiming that their needs weren't addressed. We're never going to hear about issues on the landlord's side during these hearings. These are tenant petitions. The way we hear about it, well, one, I mean, well, I you know, isn't the landlord going to appear in a pose? To defend themselves, but not <laughs> but not to tell not to tell the ALJ. And let me tell you, here's this other tenant that's upset about this tenant association. That I'm sure they will. <laughs> that tenant who got woken up, who doesn't want to participate, their needs are never going to get hurt. I mean, the, the issue with sort of the signing up of tenants is that we have actual evidence of forgeries. Like, and I'm, I'm but that, that's can be presented to, that can be presented at the hearing. Yeah. Why would it be presented well, at if a you're, hearing? If you're trying to say the, um, the, the tenant association certification is not appropriate, that's a defense. Well, we've never shied away from regs to find further clarity. Again, I go back to my original position on this. Why are we waiting? In other words, why can't your side submit uh, red lines or proposals, even if it's a strikeout of most of this, at least we can put some clarity situation to help owners and operators right now. Right now. For housing services, red, right? For only housing for claims, but we're waiting for those claims to come up 
excited to see these are and what you see with other bugs. Like I said, I mean, very few, very few ever make it to this point here. But, but when you can still see what the decisions are, right? When, when there are two decisions, those are the goal of skill. For the problem that the, that the team, I mean, I'm sure the first few might be a few. Could be the first few, of course, more likely don't. Then after we have some new president or decide to change the so I think right now, they don't have a piece. And the only point that they spread is to guide decisions on these metabolic services related to generally. Right? I mean, I think each one of the when issues come up, we go to the skill better place to see what the actual issues are. I mean, there, there might be problems that's not even still even having considered. Might be more pressing problems, like you know, having housing breaks that we discussed. I mean, I think both that pay even more attention, but basically just says. These are the circumstances you cannot get. Or maybe it's a more it's a bigger problem like how the value is used. But that service conditions on time and probably more frequently than here's the here's the deadline that you know you can do whatever decisions wherever long from giving them these decisions. This is just basically getting creating a traffic or a traffic aware aware rather than create standards that formative to promises that we want to do. Free regulations that that would help on these cases rather than just set up all these hurdles for health services and say fail on these hurdles, didn't get a signature or one of the tenants, then you go pay no matter what else I do. The other issue here too, it's not it's not that the ALJs don't have anything to refer Have the law. There it is. The actual ordinance. The actual ordinance. I mean, we're not we don't wander around in the dark just because we don't have rules and regulations. But it doesn't I mean, this is the problem with a lot of standards of the ordinance lacking in definition. Say that again. The problem with this ordinance, along with many others, is it's lacking in definition. It doesn't give landlords clarity, and it doesn't give tenants clarity. Well, it certainly has a definition for tenants. Of tenants. So and it's certainly not that it dropped out within the rules and regulations. What does it mean for me, according to 49? Why do I? Do you need, do you truly need to inject this legal concept of meet and confer in an ordinance when presumably people can just work together and figure it out? But that's not what's happening. What's happening is that landlords are there for four hours and finally they've reached an impasse. Landlords leave and they are being accused of not meeting and conferring. Well, okay. Let's, let's look at the ordinance. 
kind of that's kind of kind of fits with this. As I remember, okay, a, a, a definition here for uh, good faith. I should probably. Landlords and tenants shall confer with each other in good faith regarding the you know, same conditions, etc. etc. It's uh, section uh, 49A4C. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. And examples of conferring in a good faith may include, etc. 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 The request of the landlord or the representative of the tenant as association shall. I mean, the rule that the law is here. And I don't, given, given that, I mean, I'm not necessarily against a, not some sort of a definition. But once again, we don't have any experience with these, with these provisions to understand what that definition or what help do we need to provide our organization to create that definition. Hey. No, let's draft some rules that actually are legal first. Oh, but you're talking about I mean, anything that we're not going to do it tonight. So, so can I ask? So, two questions. So, what is set? Second place, where 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 do we go? So, conceptual competence is now seven years. Folks, it's a mile. What are the those one of the paths and seven can you repeat the first part of your question? Yeah, what does staff have a view on this? On on have a view on yes. Staff has a view on it. Um my first correction, but I think last I looked we have five ten petitions filed and writing and filing. One of them is being settled. Others are still implemented. They're still in the By way of analogy, the vacant residential vacancy tax, right, which has not yet been implemented. But yet we are working various departments in the city right now, meaning our industry, to adopt regulations to further clarify that which the voters pass and that which will have a huge impact on our industry. We're not waiting for the problems to arise in 2024. Or you're talking about politically. You're not a you're not the a board within that's trying to within their duties interpret and fill up the details of the board. They're assisting the uh, those that are. Well, it's different. It's like, we're, we're, we are obligated legally 
to interpret the ordinance only to the extent, this is Fox and in Ardenonicus, to the extent of filling up the details. We would be remiss if we reinterpret 37.2 to exclude these very various tenants from the negotiations in the way that these rules and regs propose. And that's just the start. If I may, would staff be able to provide us with a analysis of their draft rule and reg to whether or not the terms contradict or exceed that authority? Contradict the ordinance or exceed that authority in terms of um, interpreting? Uh, you could just amend definition to a standard that works. I mean, I'm not talking about amendment. I understand, but I see a way we can work together to get some clarity on this in a way that works. I mean, I just—if that's the biggest contention point, then let's just fix it. Well, that's why I'm asking if there's a staff to provide us with an opinion on that limited, more limited topic. Then you, you could ask city attorney's office. I would be a happy to try. Not just a review, but headline for the quarters with any issues that come. It's not a yes or no question. Like it's all gone, and it's maybe that is going to be his opinion, but it, it's all bad. I doubt it. You know, but, but, to your client's point, uh, there should be kind of a substantive future. This clause preempted, this clause not preempted. That, that sort of thing. Well, here's how we write draft of the contract. Yeah, um, Director Bonner, for experience, kind of in trying to recall when we've done this previously, I will say this doesn't happen quickly. Yeah, I'll say that. Maybe a confidential memo, say perhaps. Or it's more just a risk analysis, right? Honestly, don't think I would adopt. I was senior staff the last time this was done. Can be done. It happens. It, it happens. I mean, I think there was one where that happened. I was in the audience. Was one, 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 which was challenging for not here, but in, in Santa Monica. No, that is the same. Same analysis. So, uh, sorry, more dumb question. So, we did the authority issue. No, we don't. We have the authority, but we don't automatically issue them every time the ordinance is amended. I am sympathetic to the sorts of things pop up, and that it's going to be one of these. Must be sure those are the best. We discussed that in the other issues. Anytime we're new residents, sit there and keep on turning. 
prudence in asking him, so what did we do in the past? Because we don't know. That's why I'm asking this. I understand this. The issue is this leads as a rule of exception to section 49A and said all the things I've known about. So I'm sympathetic to what we're trying to accomplish. It just doesn't seem balanced. So that's what I'm trying to where do we go from here? Because it could simply be you're saying, trying to figure out if you can advance this or do we not advance this at all to you? Do you all come back and say this looks more important? Trying to figure out which path we explain this. Staff has a path in which it's working. And then when the staff has both of these things, it's like you can't get your advice in order to do But those are the points that we need to make. A lot of staff what should be to the staff. And if we're going to do the staff, obviously we need to make sense. Because it's a shame. Would you be okay then with setting it to this book to make a motion to send it to the city attorney? Yes, I will. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, this is great. I, well, we'll withdraw our pending motion and uh, make a motion to send it to the city attorney, uh, the assistant city attorney, for approving that way through a confidential memorandum. Existing drafts want to send to the city attorney. Are there any chaotic limitations to drafts? I'm just based on, I guess, the concerns of the. I mean, I, I'm very open. I mean, I don't know if Ms. Commissioner Mothmarker says that she has a whole list. Very open to looking at that list, not wasting the time. It's going to become a thing and trying to work together to come up with something that we agree is worth the city attorney's time. Um, I'm also, I, I'm, I'm open to trying to figure something out that's not. I mean, if we pass that in and without the benefit of staff. I think it would be more efficient to the city attorney at this. That makes sense because we're most likely going to want to attract all and take away restrictions so that we can just know them. Right. Is that a motion or we don't know what? Does it need a motion? In a second. I'll second it. Motion, please. To send the draft to the city attorney for analysis. So, yeah, a motion to send the existing draft of the regulation section and regarding any range ordinance to the city attorney to seek advice and request that attorneys issue a confidential Commissioner Wasserman? Aye. Commissioner Mockburn? Aye. President Gruber? Aye. Chair Tom? Aye. Sorry, I Commissioner Crow, but Tom Aye. Commissioner Chan? Aye. The, uh, does that conclude our, our uh, open uh, open amendments? Yes, I'm going to Let's move on to uh, number 10, new business. I have in front of the Caesar Business. 
There is no new business closure. Okay. I would move on to 12 calendar items. Next uh, regular meeting of the Rent Board Commission will be May 16th, 2023, in person here at 25 Annis Avenue, Room 610. Um, the meeting will also be streamed on WebEx with remote public comment available. Um, there are, I think, approximately two bill considerations pending for that meeting. Um, we will have, we will send a request to the city attorney right away um, to seek advice on the proposed draft of right, section 1010. He's advising on business, but. You might be in tune with the request when I went to meet. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I, I want to get the uh, and then we also have the uh and now the construction staff a revised building board draft. So we'll leave that business. And uh, reading the remote to Shimon, Further? Uh, Thank you very much, Thank you. Thank you. 